0: I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne the second edition will be available in 2021 my current book release crown rules 2: how black men love is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love the book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives they share the meaning Perspective and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk crown rule. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe.
1: Good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other streaming channels. And it is Thursday, 9 o'clock, and usually every Thursday, and we try to stay on schedule, is we discuss this beautiful young lady's book, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love and folks, when i mean the questions, uh, we're going fast. Mm -hmm. We're on episode 10, question eight. Last week, we were uh, able to have a guest, Coleman, Mm -hmm. who is actually chapter eight. So anyone that has the book, anyone that doesn't have the book, you can purchase the book on Amazon, Crime Rules 2, How Black Men Love. And anyone that has the book, if you read chapter eight, Coleman was our guest for last week's show. And, um, He did a great job, and we appreciate that Coleman was able to join us last week. And going forward, we'll try to get some of the other participants in the book to join as well. And um, we're on that beautiful question eight. Good evening, Julia.
0: Good evening, Quentin. How are you tonight?
1: I'm great. How's everything?
0: Everything is good. Thank you so much. So happy to be here again.
1: Oh, well. Like I told you, last, last night I did a show, and it was very interesting. And I was a little uh, amped up. And tonight I'm, I'm on coffee and water. Okay. Um, so I'm good. I'm not on my vitamins that I decided to take right before the show, like a dumb <laughs> So, I, <laughs> I got so I'm good. Though. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's beautiful to have you, beautiful. Um, I know one of my close friends. He's very happy he finally got his book. Uh, yesterday, and he's excited, pumped up, geeked up. I mean, like I always tell you, one of the things about the book that is good is to be get able to get people to understand um, Black men because we are as transparent as we may seem to be. Maybe with our mothers, our sisters, and our cousins, but not always with the person that's in our corner or the person that we love and the person that we're intimate with. Yeah. So, uh, Take it away, Jules.
0: Oh, okay. So, um, tonight's question, question number eight, is what about love frightens you? And I had the opportunity in preparing for tonight's show to go through all of our gentlemen's answers as we as we do every week. And I was just amazed. I feel like every time I read it, I get more and more from it, which is what I love about about this book. And I hope anyone who already has the book feels that way as well. Um, Last week when we had Coleman on, he was talking about kind of understanding how we come to love ourselves. And I think that what the book allows us to do in reading is get to understand ourselves and to get to be more intimate with ourselves on those questions that we might not have someone ask of us or we might not even have thought to ask. And for this week's question, not only were the gentlemen transparent, but they expressed a level of vulnerability that we have not seen in the book prior to this point. So, for tonight, I just want to give a summary of some of their answers and then kind of, Quentin, if you and I could kind of talk about the, the ideas that they present. Okay, great. Okay. So, the first, um, if you have the book, you know that the book is um, separated. Throughout the lifespan, men ages 30-something to 80-something years old, but what Quinton and I do is we look at the answer to a particular question from each man. So for this question, what about love frightens you, the first person was Matt. And Matt said that love in general is a sacrifice, it's a commitment of time, It's, it's like a straight commitment to that person, and when it's right, it's right. He said it's a gamble. And if you win, you can win big. But if you lose, you can also lose big. Mm -hmm. And he said that's what frightened him about love. He said that he knows people who have found themselves in very unpredictable circumstances because, because of a relationship going wrong and he talks very specifically about people not being able to get over heartbreak and I think the point that he was he was making is that when you decide to be in let's say a committed relationship with someone you have to be clear on on why you're getting into that relationship and be willing to take the journey, not just, you know, be in a relationship for the experience. Some people just want to have the experience of relationship, but don't want to necessarily take that journey. But if you decide to get off, you have to think about how you're leaving the person who you're no longer going to be with and the, and the consequences that that will have for them.
1: When, 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 he, when he described it in the book, and, I, and excuse me, because... I'm not as abreast on the chapter exactly. Um, he he said that uh, it's rewarding. Yes. And the other side, he said, it could be very painful. Yes. I'm gonna ask you in, in, in these 10 brothers questions, right? You think that if you would have asked, say if you had the 11th brother, right? The 11th person, Was an individual who never who who've only experienced love from one woman, and that was quote unquote his high school sweetheart, all the way up until now, and that's the same person he's been dealing with. That's all he knows. Do you think that that person would be frightened of love?
0: Absolutely, because what we find maybe not to that extent like we just discussed but what you find when you look at the other gentlemen's answers there are different fears associated with love and so for example lee talked about how he's not afraid or, fra- or frightened by love what he what concerns him is if he was in a long-term loving relationship And lost his spouse or lost his partner. He said very specifically that he would want to be the one to go first because he didn't think that he could deal with the heartbreak of not having his partner in his life anymore. So that's a different type of fear as opposed to failing. It's based in losing that love. Um, Some of the other gentlemen talk about. The fear of. Loving someone one day and then realizing the next that you don't love them anymore.
1: Mm. Mm. Is that loving the thought of? Is that loving the thought of being with someone, or loving them? Because loving loving another human being, um, I think that it w- it would require someone to love someone at the highest, with all their strengths and then loving them at their lowest in all their weaknesses i mean i, I believe that i think that some people think i, I think that some people may think that it's a little easy to love someone at their lowest point at the lowest point where they're weak they're weak and this is this is always a a, a trick question because you always hear a lot of people say um i, w- I want to meet somebody but okay, you had great standards, and standards are good, and then you'd be like, I got a deal breaker. Like, maybe that person don't have that quote-unquote issue that's a deal breaker today when you meet them, but perhaps that deal breaker could be something that happens 10 years within the relationship.
0: Which is one of the things that um, Kevin in the book talks about he talked about what frightens him about love is being is needing to be vulnerable. And Eric also said the same thing that that love, true love is about being vulnerable and about establishing trust and about being able to be honest. Eric said for example, if you know that you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, And that all of the men in your line have passed away at the age of 50 and you are in a relationship with someone when you're 40. You don't wait until you get to 50 to share that history with them. You will want to share that history with them at at an earlier stage so that you can do what you need to do together as a couple to ensure your health and your well-being. He said, but sometimes pride and ego gets in the way of sharing of sharing those truths those deep
1: truths that you know might is that, be is, that, to... is that is that is that do you think that's vulnerability or that's just fear of loss fear of you know a lot of times people will be like I put this much time into this I put this much effort into it don't waste my time that's what you hear most people say is don't you wasted my time you wasted my time maybe they should say uh you wasted my love
0: I don't think that they should say either. I've been thinking about this question, um, Quentin, because we have we've we've talked about it a lot in our shows, about the the question of saying that someone wasted, you know, your time. And I was thinking about that today. You got a
1: question, you got a question from a good friend of mine.
0: How are we talking about love? with no black men on the panel. We're talking about um, my book that I published, Crown Rules 2 King, How Black Men Love, where I interviewed 10 black men um, for their perspective on love. And so that's what we're discussing. That's what we discuss every week. Last week, we did have one of the (laughs) guests. Last week we did have one of the guests on the show. So so this is what I want to address. I don't know why this is blasphemy that a woman who is interested in understanding and sharing understanding of how black women love is considered blasphemy. I think that that's...
1: I think he I think he might just be saying, Where's the men on the panel? Uh-huh. Uh, until you until you explain to Jeff. I don't think okay. he uh I knew we were going over your book.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think it's it's considered someone wasting your time. Like we have to be able to arrive at a point where we accept responsibility for the choices that we make, understanding that sometimes we don't see where we could have made a better or different choice until we've had the experience and it's not you know there are red flags all the time there are signs all the time it's up to us whether or not we want to see them and if we see them and decide to go forward and we don't get that end result that we're looking for it's not necessarily that person's fault i think it's more so our accountability to be honest with ourselves
1: it, it- this this question, you know, this question is a real important question. I know that you even got Coleman to explain this question last week, to give him, you know, to give us some insight why he was there on this on this question, which appears to be a very a, a, a question that's perfectly placed in the book on that fear, mm-hmm. and um, I, I believe that that fear sometimes can be that self sabotaging behavior. Like you could be so fearful of quote unquote love that you don't even, you might meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and they come along and they check all the boxes and you so scared, you so fearful of love that you sabotaging everything in the process of really appreciating that person who in turn is really trying to appreciate you and share some things with you. So I'm quite sure one of the brothers in the book spoke about that.
0: Yes, if you don't mind, I'd like to read it. It's a little long, but it hits the point. This comes from Charm, who is in our 50-year-old category. And this is he we had a lot of discussion about what frightens him about love. And basically what he was saying was giving your all to someone and not receiving the same. And he also made the point that people love differently. So why sometimes you may not feel like you're getting the same kind of love that person just loves differently. But this is what he said to to exactly what you're saying, um, Quentin. He said this is on page 106 for everyone who has the book. When you are in a relationship with someone, there are some things that you have to be willing to fight for. See, being in love with somebody and being in a relationship, you have to be willing to fight for certain things when you love somebody. So you go outside of yourself because you want to show this person love. That's what love does. It makes you become this dynamo of a person because you want to be there for somebody who hasn't been there for themselves. You want to show them what it's like to be loved. You want to embrace them and you're showing them through your actions. And you tell them like, chill out, you don't have to do that. You don't have to treat me like that. You know why? Because I don't deserve that. And that's, uh, and the person that's been treating somebody and excuse my French, but I'm going to just say it like this because you've allowed me to do that, but stay out of your fucking way and allow me to come in. Some people, try to get out of your way and you have to show them how to let you get in their way. I'm trying to save you because I love you. Allow me to do that. If you say you love me. So if you love me and you're not allowing me to do something, I'm not forcing your hand. I'm saying, allow me to love you so that you can love me. Mm. Allow it. He said, the people that love you, they've got it in them. And the people that don't, they don't have it in him, in them, and it hurts because you've shown so much love to them. And people um <clears throat> show that they don't love you by their actions. He also said, if you're not living with your soulmate, you're living with your cellmate.
1: That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but he's making the point that you know when people when people are Afraid to allow themselves to love. They'll have someone that's loving them, that's there for them, but they won't get out of their own way to experience that love and that and that connection.
1: Yeah, they they basically I I agree. I agree. They basically have turned that that love into basically uh emotional prison for themselves with being with not being able to get that feeling, not being able to uh to, to express really what's going on.
0: One of, the, one of the other gentlemen in the book said said that what scares him about love, and this was Hermes, he said that what scared him about love is people's past relationships with boyfriends or fathers or parents, that when we're when we're growing, when we're, when we're being developed and we're being nurtured, we learn how to receive love and give love by parents, family, et cetera. So if that, those experiences are toxic or not healthy, that's what we bring into a relationship as well. And he said, that's what he's afraid of because people will present one thing and do another. Black men and women have been damaged by love. I've noticed That black men would prefer to to not give love to save themselves the heartache instead of allowing the woman to rise to the occasion and maybe it's twofold. What do you think about that, Quentin? Thank you, T. Lashaw.
1: I think I think that's very um interesting. I think that that like I said, I think that I don't think that I think that your question was 100% accurate the way that you worded it. And I think that they answered it because that love really is fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear fear, fear of failure stops most people from from job opportunities, life opportunities, relationships, because most people be like, mm-hmm. I don't see nothing in it. I don't want to fail doing it, so I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to put the effort in it.
0: May I read one one more um Absolutely. so to that point truth to be speaking is love really a valid condition for a long-term agreement? Emotions wane Love can turn into responsibility and accountability, right? But the initial the initial bonding is based in emotion and is maintained through that emotion. In addition to those other things, Um, the fear of failure, Nikki D on page 155, he says, what about love frightens me? What frightens me about love is that I expect them to be real with me unless it's something that's going to hurt me and I should be real with them. What frightens me about love is that I'm going to be vulnerable and you're going to see who I really am. What I'm afraid of, what I can't do, the gap between my dreams and goals and where I am, the possibility that I'll never reach them, although they are my stated goals. What frightens me is that I might remind you of some nightmare from the past, that you'll shut yourself down for me and whatever progress we've made is going to be killed. You're just gonna snatch that away because I remind you of that guy who fill in the blank. I think what frightens me most is being compared to a bad experience.
1: Mm. I'm telling you that that that's the, that's it. That's it. If if now I know that we we discuss him, man, and uh Julia has also written Crown Rules. Uh, a Black Woman's Guide to Love, a right? Woman's
0: Journey
1: to the Throne. Oh, A Woman's Journey to the Throne, excuse me. I have the book <laughs> and I forgot the name. So her first book deals with a woman, it's more like a journal, but it deals with a woman and the woman's issue with love and, and, and their guide to the throne. The second book is dealing how black men love, like I explained, it's one, it's 13, it's 10 gentlemen she interviewed, Different ages of their life, different stages, and different maturity where they're at. It's 13 different questions. But when I look at this question, Julia, eight, when uh, what about love frightens you? I know from having so many female friends and just just conversating that those that were married prior, if you ever ask them, like, you know, why are you single? You know which is kind of like an offensive question sometimes. Some people get offended if you ask them why they're single. Right. But they'll tell you, like, I don't have time for BS. So before you get through all the minutia, the time for BS, (laughs) my career, all that, it really comes down to I'm not going to put the effort in to find that love or to be in love with somebody only to get hurt or let down. And I think that in some cases it works the same way for men. A, a individual be like, look, I ain't got no time for that, man. Like, you know, I went through all this crap, went to court. She don't have me jammed up, you know. I don't had to beat up a brother. Some you know, you might be on some extra stuff. Like, I don't had to beat somebody up. I ain't got no time for that. I'm paying money still. Uh, she got me in court for child support. I'm paying alimony. And they and then they'll. That individual may not, he may be like, you know, I'm good with just being a monogamous guy. I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want love. I'm just good. I just want to come and go as I please.
0: Which is which is what our gentlemen talk about in, in respect to this question is that the part that is frightening is it not working. And if you've had a bad experience, it can leave an awful taste in your mouth to to the point where as you, you had shared in a, in a prior episode, you want, you give all of the benefits of a relationship. You want all of the benefits of a relationship, but you don't want to have the commitment. And I think one of the things that I so appreciate about um, Shaquita,
1: that's Dwayne. Oh, yeah. That's Shakita. That's Dwayne for you.
0: <laughs> Hi, Dwayne. Stop putting new wine and old old wineskins. Exactly. One of my favorite one of my favorite scriptures is what I love about about Shakita and the things that that and that she promotes is that there is a certain level of maturity that you have to arrive at if you are willing to be in or decide you might want to be in a relationship. And part of that maturity, number one, has to do with forgiving yourself for the experience of the past. If you knew better, you You would have done better. Right? Mm -hmm. The second thing is, not only do you understand or try to understand what your what your failings, what your misgivings, or what your faults may have been in that prior relationship, but you also want to learn new ways of being, new ways of communicating, new ways of identifying what you need and what you want for yourself, new ways of... Being able to look past the superficial and really connect to who it is you're interested in and see if it's something that that you can vibe and gel and create a future on. Like you have to mature in that sense, even if you decide that you don't want to be with anybody, (laughs) you still should have that understanding and that growth. If you don't mature in that regard, it's, it's just it's sad. You haven't benefited from the experience.
1: Oh, that's Dwayne's question again. hmm Yeah, that, Yeah, I just, you know, I know question eight was your question in the book. Right? <laughs> that was the 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 D question. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, Jules. What what made you did when you decided thirteen questions? Right? Did you go over each question and say this is gonna, this has to be question one, this has to be question two? It, why was it important for you to do it like that?
0: Because there's there's a natural progression. There's a natural progression to the book. I'm going to read Nicole's question in a moment, but I just want to answer this. There's a natural progression in the book. So the first progression is it covers love across the lifespan in in these Black men's lives. So we start at the age of 35 where for most people, you start to understand yourself, you've had enough experiences, you, you are able to not only make sense of your history, but you're also to make able to make some very clear decisions about your future moving forward at that point. And then it progresses through the ages up until the age of uh, 80, I think he was 87 at the time to understand what love is from that point of view. So that's the first progression. The second progression is the question. So the first question starts with who was your first example of love? Because love, in addition to other things in our life, it matures across our lifespan. And the first example of love is critically important to our development as uh, a youth. And then the As we go through the questions, we also talk about, you know, who, what was your most memorable love experience? So now we're at a point where you're an adult and you've had a relationship, you've had a loving relationship and what did that mean to you? That's going to be different than your first example of love.
1: And and the reason why, just just for clarification in the chat, the reason why I asked um, Julie that question is because I kinda, if you read the book, is one of them type of books that you can't really put down. And the reason why I say that is because when you read question one chapter one, that's that person's journey beginning. So now you may want to skip and go to chapter four. See, how did he, how did chapter four answer question one? So each individual answers those questions in chronological order and you kind of see, where they're at, where they're at in their lives, who, like Julia said, what was their first experience of love? So this is one of the reasons why I asked the question. Before we get to Nicole's question, I'm gonna just show everybody um, Jule's video, the way to get the book, while we go over this each week.
0: Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quincy Ford and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books, focus on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman.
1: It is designed for
0: the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purpose to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing your book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man, and we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Blue. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe.
1: Now Nicole's question was a lot of times a woman gets irritated when someone asks why they're single because some hear it as what is wrong with you why you don't have a man.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: I and- think I, you know, you know, it's funny, it's funny that Nicole said that. And um, you know, I guess it's 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 odd how we communicate because I think that sometimes some men may say that because they're surprised that that particular female doesn't have a man. Because they may think that that particular female checks all the boxes and be like, wow, she's dope. I'm, you know, I'm interested in her. Like, why she ain't got no man? It's more of like a question that, it's like a rhetorical question. So to say, if a guy says that to a woman, and I'm just speaking from experience and talking to my fellas that sometimes you'll be like, I don't understand why this female don't got a man cuz she she nice. Everything is good with her. Like what's the problem?
0: I think I think it's an opportunity for healing within our community to be honest with you because from the male's from the male's perspective, the question is why doesn't she have a man? And from the female's perspective, we generally assume that a man always has a woman. Mm. And I think part of the problem is we don't have that conversation. One of the one of the one of the gentlemen in the book, DT, who's known for uh being monogamous, no, not monogamous, for not being monogamous. He's, 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 he's,
1: he's, a, he's a man of all ages. He's, he's seasoned in the maturity aspect. Just put it that way.
0: Yes, he's very seasoned. Um he said he said when he was when he was younger, when he was 23 years old, he wasn't afraid of failing in a relationship because he felt like he could start over easily if he wanted to. He said at the age of 43, which is at the age where I'm interviewing him, that he is more conscious about the choices that he makes. He doesn't have the energy to start over. But more than that, he is more focused, concentrating more on and being a little bit more discerning about who he decides to get into a relationship with. So I think if men would be able to look at women who are single and understand that at a certain point in her life, she becomes a little bit more discerning about her choices of, of a mate and that's why she's single, then they can try to get to understand what she's looking for and not why she's single.
1: Mm. You see Dwayne's question.
0: Dwayne, when when you set standards, you have to live those same standards. You absolutely must live your standards and it can be challenging sometimes. Yeah, because they are well aware a woman's value is based on how much men value them.
1: Oh, for a
0: man. (laughs) Men don't naturally seek out relations. We tend to float freely and sow our seeds. What'd you think? What'd you think about that? Think that's true. um. Well, I would say in the case of DT, whose uh, quote I just read, DT has shared with me that in his in his younger years he was promiscuous. That's the word. <laughs> he was extremely promiscuous, and he was out there sowing his seeds as he should have been. The only problem that he had at that time was that he was also trying to be in committed relationships while he was doing that. Like he was trying to hold on to the favorite one while oh, so he, he
1: was he was he was in the very definition of being promiscuous.
0: Yes, he was.
1: Wow. He said
0: he said he liked all the flavors. And he wanted to sample he, all the flavors.
1: He was at baskin Robbins, huh?
0: Absolutely. But then at the age of 43 where he had destroyed a 16 year relationship by being promiscuous and cheating on the woman that he loved. He began to understand the importance of trust Mm. and that's what it comes down to. So it's not really about sowing seeds. It's about being able to be in a committed relationship with someone, being loyal to them, being honest with them, and then being able to trust you. And he understood that, that at that point in his life was more valuable than sampling all the flavors.
1: I'm gonna ask you a question. This this is this is probably not has nothing to do with the book whatsoever. Do you think that with your research from the book and and and, and your experience, you're a woman of a certain age, um that we focus, the, the courting period, so to say, that some of us are so focused on the end of the courting process, uh, the marriage, or uh, whatever, that we're not really courting with, you know, honesty. And what I mean is that we're not being honest. We're not just living. Just, you know, I met this nice person. We going out. Let's just stay in the moment. You think some of us are too busy trying to play that mental chess in our head, like, oh, what's going to happen a year from now? We start planning, wanting to go look for houses and all this old crazy stuff.
0: I agree one hundred percent, Quentin. And you know, I was in 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 a certain aspect of my of my family, the idea of courting was critically important. Um. And I don't think that our generation, or I think that the art of courting has been lost. A lot of people date, but they don't court. And, and usually when people are dating, they're looking for an end result. And if they feel like most of the boxes are checked off, then they're immediately ready to move on to the next level. Courting is different from dating in the sense that you have made a decision that this is the person that you want to be your intended. And so an intended is a word they used to use before, but this is the person that you want to share your life with. And so when you're courting, you're using the courting experience to get to know each other at that level at the partnership level at the potential marriage level before you start making these decisions to look for a house to get the car to 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 buy the home to plan the wedding there's some girls that are or women that will date for 3 months and start looking at wedding dresses and it's like how <laughs> how I,
1: mean, might- I, I believe that, that I believe that, that is a issue. I believe that that may scare someone and that made me be like, yo, like slow down. I mean, I get it. We all we all want to be happy. If if being if part of being happy is being with somebody, we all want to be that. But I think that sometimes people may feel like if I have a mate, that's what's going to make my life complete. So then they'll start rushing into those type of situations. Like, yo, you 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 telling me about a wedding dress and all this stuff, I don't even know your family like that. I don't, I need to sit back. I need to be around your family when you're not there. I need to see how they interact with each other.
0: And that, now, that, that you, have a, still... you have a
1: book review here.
0: Okay. Aside, the format of the book is very friendly, although it is a subtle question. It walks you through each man's life. It allows you to focus on each journey separately, but still getting understanding as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Nicole, thank you so much um, for the review. And if you look at each man, the answer to each man's question. um, Or each man's answer to the question, you'll see the progression of maturity and understanding about love across the lifespan, too, which is why I like the format of this show, because we, we get a chance to do that. Pump your brakes. Yeah, that that was the that was the that was the goal of courting when when i hear dating i hear i'm seeing you we'll go out we'll have a good time but you're also free to go out and and date other people and i am as well that's dating we're just enjoying time we're getting to know each other etc the courting stage the courting stage
1: you have, is a question, about, you have a question in regard to courting julia
0: sure Julia, how can you successfully begin to court if you don't know the person's quality and worth? Why are courting before we get to know if a person is courtable? Well, that's the there's a progression, just like just like in the book, there's a progression to it. So,
1: so you might court them. You might you can't you might court them you, you, might, you might court them and take them to White Castle. And there might be a progression. Court. It might be a congressional. It might be ten times. They might be worth it. Next thing you know, the next court is you at Peter Legal lucas somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> next level. <laughs> next level. Uh, so, we were like, yo, so- she done upgraded. Yo, she courtable. Yo, <laughs> she I can take it to a fine, Yo, we gonna get real estate. We eat, we eat white castle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you date, how do you take it, a white castle? How do you take her a Peter Luga? But here's the thing: like when you're when you're dating, you're exploring, and you're allowing yourself the freedom of options, and you're allowing yourself the freedom of um, experience with different people in the in the course of dating if you identify that you are really connected to someone that you like the vibe that it feels good that you want to be with that person as much as possible that's when the courting period begins and in that courting period is when you do things like get to know the family be around the family see if it's see if you can you know, if it's a healthy environment for you, if you fit in, if you if you gel, um, during the courting period is where you get an opportunity to talk about financial standing. A lot of people don't do that. Like, you don't need to tell somebody what your salary is, but there should be some understanding as to how well of a financial manager you are. Like, you can't bring problems to me.
1: No, no, no. It's after the, it's Jules. It's after the two kids. We find out the joke. <laughs> Find out, joker in debt, IRS on their butt, bill collectors at their door. You gotta park your car around the corner because they know they're gonna possess it.
0: So, so we talked about in a prior episode how the um, there's a chemical component that happens in the body when you're first interacting with someone that makes you feel like you're more attracted to them than you actually are. But in you're that talking
1: point- about endorphins now. Pay
0: attention. Yeah. <laughs> Endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, all of those chemical components can make you feel like you're more attracted to this person. Those those um those components in the body, those chemical components in the body last for a period of about two years. But it's if you can interject a courting period into that where you learn about the family, learn about financial management you learn about goals you learn about um a person's uh attitude their aptitude how they handle situations that's the time that you determine your compatibility for that next step of marriage but people don't do that anymore Mm.
1: Mm. Interesting, interesting. I do not know, know if we went too far away from the uh, chapter. What's next week's? What's Hit next that. week's question?
0: Next week's question is another good question. Give me one second. It's question number nine. How do you know when you're in love, what does it feel like to you?
1: We're going to leave the chat with that. Next week's question is how do you know you're in love And what does it feel like? like? For those in the chat, we appreciate you guys for joining us this week. Nice, short, and sweet talk (laughs) this week. Um, We hope that you guys, the same people, join us and bring some friends. Share, like, and subscribe, as Julia says. And um, let's discuss this Julia's book, and I'll play the the video once again. Julia's book, the second edition. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, If you want an autograph copy and some of the merch that Julia's had because Julia has this shirt on tonight. Let me see the shirt, Julia. (laughs) I can't really see it. Oh boy. Crown rules. (laughs) She has on some of the the shirt. This is the
0: lady's shirt. I also have um, gear for men as well. And Mm -hmm. I sell the um, autograph autograph books with the men's t-shirt as a bundle.
1: Yes. So if anybody wanting uh, to purchase these things directly from Julia, her name is Julia Dozier. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, anywhere else? Facebook yeah. for now. Face- yeah, Facebook. <laughs> TMI. Facebook for now. Nicole, that was a that was our private joke right there, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, Facebook for now. <laughs> But make sure you guys um really appreciate you guys in the chat. You guys make make it good. Um, Dwayne, I was actually telling uh Julia earlier how you felt about the book, and I know that you Dwayne is going to tag it this week. And Dwayne is one of them avid readers like myself. Uh, he has he's reading about four books right now, Beautiful. and he made sure that one of your books was the fourth book that he's reading. Thank and you. I know that one thing is a it's another gentleman that wrote a book and Dwayne has been talking about this book for the last four months and um he's he i know that once he starts reading your book he's gonna be uh really into it so those in the chat we appreciate you guys this week for joining us as always as always have a great week um and this is how you get joy's book and what the group is about
0: hello welcome to let's talk crown rules with our host quentin ford and myself julia dozier I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne the second edition will be available in 2021 my current book release crown 2 how black men love is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love the book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives they share the meaning perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man, and we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Root. Please don't forget to like, comment